superstitious, but I am a little stitious. Barons win! Barons win! Cody Jansen stopped 92 out of 95 shots, including a penalty shot in overtime. Somehow he still only wound up the third star of the game. You like that? Jansen has a heart. Y'all smoking crack! Where are you at? Join the conversation anytime. It's Cody Jansen with you on 12 Ounce Sports World Hockey Report, presented by Lord Co. Auto Parts, the official auto parts retailer of Hockey Canada and Team Canada. If you're heading to the rink, Lord Co. Parts, they can ensure you've got everything you need for a smooth ride from bright white headlight replacement bulbs for increased visibility during early morning or late night commutes to battery maintainers that are going to ensure your vehicle starts when the temperature drops. Visit a Lord Co. Auto Parts location today for knowledgeable service, quality parts, and accessories. Visit lordco.com to find a store near you. I got to, you know, you got to bring this up. You know, you got the orange on. It's National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. We have to bring that up here. It's Canada. It's an issue that's apparent to us. Every child matters. And, and being so close to the lacrosse community, I find that they are some of the best with handling it. And that's where I'm going to lead you today is, you know, if you want to hear some direct perspectives that are as open, as honest as they come, go check out the NLL. I know I'm a hockey guy, but lacrosse, very close to my heart as well. Big show brought to you on World Hockey Report. My Lord Co. Auto Parts. We're going to lead it off. Lead producer here, Bryce Buns, hanging out with us on hold right now. Then we got Tori Mitchell, former NHLer, and at 1240, we'll talk some more. There's got some comments from last night's game. We got Dave Tippett, we got Warren Fogel, a couple of interesting things to break down. Tons of games last night, but let's get to it right now with World Hockey Reports lead producer, Bryce Buns, on the show. Hey, what have you been uh, watching in preseason here? What's anything stick out to you? I know the Flames lose to Seattle last night. The Oilers get thrashed by Winnipeg. I feel like that was a little expected, but uh, anything sticking out to you, Bryce? Uh, nothing really sticking out uh, oh, we, too far uh, for me. Maybe right? we lost Bryce. Maybe we got him. Oh, there we go. Oh, I got you. Me? My bad. My bad. No worries. Uh, I was just saying that nothing has really stuck out too far for me right now. Uh, just given it's preseason, we're expecting ugly hockey right now. Uh, obviously, you know, Winnipeg coming in and Thrash and Edmonton, like you said, that's pretty expected. Uh, I think uh, people are overlooking too much in the preseason already with some of these games and already making some quick, bold predictions. And I love it. It's always funny to see. But I mean, really, you know, it's they're like, but the Flames just finally made their final cut roster. It's like 41 today. So, like, you know, there's so much time to tell, like, what's going to happen here and out. But I don't know. It's, uh, it's just exciting to have hockey back on a normal time frame. Now, now, I mean, we're both in Alberta. We know how fans are. We know how they're going to overreact. You've got one night the Kraken dress their NHL roster and they beat the Flames. And the night before, they dress their pretty much American League team, a couple of bubble guys as well, and they get absolutely hammered by the Oilers. But going back to the Flames, I didn't watch any of the game last night, but obviously it's a contract year for Johnny Gaudreau. He's going to be one of the guys that's mainly watched. What are you expecting from him this year? Do you think he's going to take any major steps? Do you think he's going to earn this big ticket that he wants? Or do you think it could be something where this is the last time that you'll you'll see Johnny Hockey in Calgary? You no, know, uh, I know most of the uh, people who follow me as well, they're mainly playing fans, so I'm probably going to upset or ruffle some feathers with this, but I think this is Johnny's last year with Calgary. Uh, unless uh, Southern's able to kind of, you know, turn his mindset around. Uh, it just seems like, you know, for the past couple of years, he just looked kind of deflated the organization. And 
you know, uh, to eat, that Canadian market can really eat on a player. I think uh, we see him go somewhere else, just like what we watch with Sam Bennett. He's going to just take off from there. But I think uh, as a whole, Calgary's really good at the, you know, not allowing uh, star athletes to show who they really are. So uh, it's, I wouldn't be surprised if Goodrill kind of wants out after this year. I mean, you know, it's Calgary. It's minus 30. He could go somewhere where it's a little warmer or he can maybe go back to Philly, whatever happens from there. But I just don't see him hanging around Calgary anymore and putting up with everything that's been happening. And, you know, it's just I don't think it's Johnny Hockey time anymore. I think we need a whole new rebuild and restart. Do you think that Jacob Markstrom is the biggest X factor on this Flames roster? Yes, I do. I think he was, he's, a, he's a huge piece. It is great that he got brought in. It almost feels like though he kind of got brought in at the wrong time, in my opinion. Like, love having him, love watching him play and all that. But imagine the Jacob Markstrom that we could have had two years prior when the, you know, the Flames were. Like, weren't they first in their division during that time when teams were really rolling for them? That would have been huge for them then. I fully agree with that. Hey, if you got to choose a goalie today, let's come up to QE2. Are you taking Markstrom or Mike Smith for this season? I'm taking Markstrom. Uh, I, uh, you know, Mike Smith, uh, you know, playoff Mike Smith so different compared to regular season on uh, Mike Smith, but I'll take, you know, Markstrom. That's fair. And, and, and I think, you know, if we're going to go off recency bias, I think Mike Smith is in that conversation a little bit more than a normal year. But I also think you do have to put it out there as the Oilers have had one of the highest team save percentages in recent years. I mean, they're top 10 in the NHL for the past two, three years. So as much as their goaltending woes do haunt them, and I do think that they should be on the market for probably a veteran third stringer to replace Alex Stalock. I also think we can pump the brakes a little bit on it as well. Hey, join the conversation anytime we're on Twitter at World Hockey RPT on there at Janner31 underscore. If you're watching on 12 Ounce Sports, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, say what's up, ask us a question, get anything going in the comments. We're focused on Alberta right now. The Oilers lose 5-1 last night in Winnipeg. The Flames lose 4-3 in a shootout, I believe. Pretty sure against Calgary. Or the, the Flames lose against Seattle. We'll uh, we'll get that one right one time. Giordano's return, though, that's an interesting one. Bryce, obviously, that's a guy who the, the Flames are going to miss his leadership. But on ice, do you think the Flames are better or worse with uh, with or without Giordano, especially with the Zadorov edition? Um, you know, I, I think that's kind of a tough question. To, uh, you know, like, yeah, obviously, Gio's such a huge part of that team and was, you know, he's the backbone of it. But, uh, you know, obviously, you've got to give credit to him scoring against Calgary last night. That was pretty funny, like, first 30 seconds in. But uh, respect to Gio, I think he just – there comes a time and a place where every certain player has to realize, like, you know, their time with that organization is just not there. Uh, I have mentioned that I think a rebuild or, like, looking at blowing up the team might be uh, something in the future. And I think, you know, you can't have uh, – it's really hard to, you know, have these – veterans on your team and try to convince them as well to even go for a rebuild. I mean, like, you know, these guys are still chasing cups or, you know, not saying that Seattle's any better than Calgary chasing a cup, but I mean, you know, at least a refresh uh, start in a new organization will be something good for Gio. I think it's also good for Calgary because they can reevaluate, hopefully make some moves, get some good prospects and then bring in a new younger captain. So, you know, get everything restarted and going again for them. Does Seattle scare you at all 
if you're a Flames fan, if you're a Pacific Division team, does Seattle, do you think they actually have a chance to make the playoffs here? Because as I see it, and I mean, maybe you want to give your, your four in or top three in, whatever. I think Edmonton's number one. I think Vegas is number two, strictly based on goaltending. And I think Calgary gets the number three spot. I think they are a better team than Seattle still. I don't know. What's your top three in the Pacific? I would actually go Winnipeg for number one. I think they're going to have a really Winnipeg, good year. Winnipeg uh, Central, though. No, Pacific. Oh, Pacific. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, no. Uh, Edmonton, sorry, number one. Uh, then I would give Seattle, I don't know, I think, like, what? I think Seattle's going to do better for Calgary this year. And reason being, uh, I think Seattle kind of snuck through some guys for that goaltending spot that's really going to kind of hold them down. And then, like, guys like Everly, Geo, and all that, kind of, they're going to be really big pieces for that team. But, like, you're getting a Vesna goalie, Grubauer, who's coming in. He's going to be looking good. He's hot. He's ready to go. And you got Dreiger, who beat out uh, – Robotsky's contract of 10 mils, he was pretty much a starting goalie for Florida during that time before the whole Spencer Knight situation started to happen. So I think personally Seattle's going to have a better chance over the Flames just because the Flames are such a middle of the pack team. They just like, they're, I just, they're not very consistent. Their inconsistency shows night in, night out. They'll have games where it just feels like you're watching like, you know, a top five team. Then there's games where you're just like watching them and it's like, you know, you'd be nervous if they went against Buffalo at times. And that's why I say I think Jacob Markstrom is the big X factor here in them grabbing a playoff spot that isn't a wild card. But again, I also think that the the Flames' top six is better than it's ever been. I think that maybe, sure, Coleman, you'd prefer to have him on your third line, and I think that's where he's best suited on a championship team. But having him in that top six, I still feel that this is the best two lines the Flames have had in, in a few years. Now, is it going to translate well into how Daryl Sutter works with them? I don't know. Uh, you know, it's it's still a toss-up on the coaching realm. I'm still not confident in Brad Treliving. Okay, back to the goaltending, though. I did want to ask you this on Vegas. I had this in the notes here as well. Them losing Flurry, do you think that could drop them potentially to a third spot in the Pacific? I mean, not to say Laurent Brossois is a bad goaltender or anything, but he's not a top 15 backup in the league, I don't believe. And this team in general, I mean, Flory was a huge reason for their success. Maybe Leonard has an outstanding year and he shocks me and, you know, just I'm totally off here. But I think without Flurry, this team could be, you know, hobbling along. You know, I, I completely agree with that. I, I don't. The uh, Vegas being as strong as uh, you know, they'll both definitely be you know top of the top of the division and all that. But uh, you know, like you said, uh, you know, losing Flurry that's such a huge piece because not only are you losing you know the best uh, winning goalie, guy who's you know gone to the Stanley Cup Finals, the guy who's won the Cup and everything else, you losing that big community guy, someone where a community really rallied around Flurry. He kind of like you know. I, I was one person who wasn't sure Vegas was going to have a big hockey market. And then when you have people like Flurry come in and those fans just absolutely love that guy. Like you had fans that were just ripping on Vegas the day they got rid of him. And, you know, losing someone that big, um, I think Leonard's going to have some really big shoes to fill for this year. But I, like you said, I just don't see them being that top contender because they're getting rid of that community guy, that rally guy. I think it's just going to have a different 
feel in the locker room as well. Um, maybe Leonard will be able to turn around. Uh, you know, we got to see what Robin Leonard did with the Islanders and how he was able to kind of like really bring, you know, the Coliseum together. He was able to, you know, have all the fans together. So maybe, you know, he'll be able to do the same with Vegas. But, I mean, losing Flurry, that's such, like, that's just, I don't know how you're going to be able to rebound from that. And that's coming from me, who, you know, tends to root for the Penguins, and I was very upset when we got rid of Flurry. So. Oh, I know you're a goalie guy, and we appreciate that opinion. I got one more for you before we get head off to a commercial break here, and it's it's really rocked the hockey world. Obviously, everyone knows about the situation in Ukraine, and this kind of broke this morning. Uh, Eugene Kolashev, who was the league's general manager, I didn't know leagues really had general managers, but he's uh, he's been very vocal in speaking out about the incident uh, against uh, Jalen Smerik there, and he comes out today and he says he's been fired by the league. And, and so essentially, you know, he is publicly asking IHF to step in here. Andre, Andre uh, Daniskin, he got 13 games as a suspension plus a fine of under two grand Americans, what it comes out to. Now, I, I know you looked at it from an outside perspective as well. I feel like I'm a little more in touch with the European game just due to, you know, other work commitments and stuff like that. But from, from this standpoint right now, what's been your, your thoughts on this situation? What do you think appropriate penalty would have been for Deniskin? What do you think Double IHF should do in this situation? I want to know your opinion. Well, I think first and foremost, uh, you know, the IIHF, they had a, you know, they had a great chance here to really uh, step in and make an example to put this stuff, you know, it's, it's getting embarrassing at this point. You know, uh, how are you, how are you, we're talking about growing the game constantly, bringing all new people in, getting more people involved in all aspects of it. And then you have guys who are allowed to, you know, walk around and do this without any harsh repercussions. I mean, I think a ban from the game would have been, a you know, a great example to showcase that, you know, you can't, you can't, you play dumb games to get dumb prizes and there's consequences for what you do. And you acting like a jackass out there, it's not going to, it's, you're going to have repercussions from that. I think the IIHF dropped the ball on that. I think they, you know, any hate that's coming towards them right now is well deserved, but they really need to step back, reevaluate what they just did and how they need to approach these situations going forward because. If we're ignorant to the fact to think that, you know, dumb things aren't going to happen on the ice again, then that's just us, you know, ignoring the problem some more. We have a chance here to really harsh down on this and make a statement about this, and I felt like we weren't able to achieve that. And it's just embarrassing all around. And the Ukraine League, you know, it's just uh, talk about one way to just not get people involved in watching hockey over there now. No kidding. No, that's well said. That that really is well said. And, and I, I've also mentioned on the show previously that hey, I, I am you know in favor of second chances in a certain situation. And and I still do believe that if the punishment handed out would have been a five year ban from all hockey plus you know five hundred a thousand hours of community service, volunteering with the league, and you know proving that hey, I, I've taken the necessary steps and actions. I've changed as a person. You know, I've, I've apologized properly. I, I've done my due diligence to become a better person. I feel like I would have a chance to forgive, you know, Andre Deniskin for what he did. And I feel like the hockey community would also, you know, give him a second chance if the appropriate action was taken. But what they've done right now, it's uh, it's kind of a joke. But Brace, man, I appreciate you hopping on here. As always, uh, you're the best, buddy. We'll talk soon. That's good, buddy. Thanks for having me on. 
Bryce Buns right there, World Hockey Report's lead producer. He's the one lining up all these guests here that you got, including Tori Mitchell, who is coming on the show next. It's Cody Jansen. We're coming to you live. It's World Hockey Report presented by Lord Co. Auto Parts. You know what's coming up next. It's a former NHL. We're getting those stories on Tori Mitchell. Sport Travel Tours is the official tour supplier for the Spangler Cup Ice Hockey Tournament in Switzerland. Nestled amongst the stunning Swiss Alps is the exclusive resort of Davos. This December, teams from all around the world will compete in the world's oldest invitational hockey tournament, the Spangler Cup. Sport Travel Tours packages include incredible hotels, amazing tickets, and a New Year's Eve party in the mountains to remember. Check out sporttraveltours.com today. Week three of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week four with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now, place a bet of $1 on any game this week to receive $150 in free bets instantly. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at a million dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. It's Cody Jansen here, World Hockey Report, signed by Lord Co. Auto Parts. Visit Lord Co.'s in-store truck centers at select locations. Still trying to touch base with Tori Mitchell here. We'll get him on the line eventually. At least that's the plan. We'll get him on former NHLer as well. I know he's busy. Elevate Hockey is taking off. Go check it out. It's elev 802 com. That was a rough read right there. Hey, he's also a Spangler Cup alumni. And everyone knows my favorite hockey tournament of the year is the Spangler Cup. And the great people at Sports Travel Tours want you to experience it as well. Check out all the available packages at sportstraveltours.com. So let's look into last night's NHL games because there was a bunch of them. Eight to tell you about. We got final scores here. New Jersey beats Washington 5-4. Also, if you're a gambler, six of the eight overs hit last night. It's preseason hockey. There's a very good chance that's going to happen. Adam said his lock of the year was Winnipeg puck line against Edmonton. Well, last night easily happened. Jets win 5-1. Columbus over St. Louis 5-2. Toronto shuts out Ottawa 4-0. Dallas Loses to Florida 4-3 in a shootout. Detroit beats Chicago 4-3 in a shootout. Seattle, another shootout. 4-3 over Calgary. And Arizona 4-1 over Anaheim. So I got a couple of comments queued up here. And I thought there were some interesting ones. But first, here's Dave Tippett's recap of the game last night. It was thin, but that's opportunity for people. And you see what, you know, what people do with that opportunity. And, it, you know, as your games go on here, people start to separate themselves. You're looking for some improvement in some, just how players play in situations. Uh, funny, we lost big, but I thought both our goaltenders were fine tonight. Mm-hmm. We, didn't, point, we didn't protect them very well. Yeah, I was going to point that out. A lot of the goals were either 
deflections or strange yeah. ones. And I thought actually Conovello played Conovello. Yeah, they played, played very, very well. well. Played well. One good deflection, the other one bounced off, I think, our guy's head or something. So, uh, you know, one of those nights. But we didn't create very much. We didn't make enough plays. And that's what you're looking at. You're looking for players that handle pressure, can make plays under pressure, uh, how they how they react in certain situations. And some guys go up and some guys go down. That's just where we are in training camp. That's Dave Tippett's breakdown of the game last night. We'll get to a few more comments, including Warren Fogle, in about uh, 13 minutes' time. But now let's head off to the Quackstats hotline. We've got Tori Mitchell on the line here making time for us. Hey, Tori, how's summer been? Pretty good. Pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Not a problem. Now, I know you're up to some pretty cool stuff right now with Elevate, and we are going to get to that. But first off, I mean, obviously, I'm doing a little bit of research. Not a lot. I'm not that big of a J. But how did you end up going to Hotchkiss? You know, like what, what kind of led you there? Oh, yeah. Good, good question. My dad, uh, was an athletic director at a, like a private boys school, uh, Catholic school in downtown Montreal that he forced, obviously my brother and I to, to go there. Um, uh, we got like a good financial package, obviously, cause he was working there. And then just over the years, he had so many connections with prep schools, like placing kids. Down, not just for hockey, but for football and baseball and whatever other sports. But he just had he had a pretty good connection with a couple of those schools. So when it was when it was my time, he reached out to some of the some of the better ones, I think. Um, and then that's how I ended up going to Hotchkiss. <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're one of the the rare NHLers to never play a junior hockey game. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. No no junior hockey, which is you don't really see that path too too often but yeah prep school to college and then and then to uh to san jose yeah why, so. why vermont where do you were you not getting any other offers or what like obviously you're ripping up prep but like vermont you just yeah. had, a, had a tour there and it felt right yeah it was just i i had i think i had like six or seven offers and came down to bu and and Vermont and UVM. And it was just, I don't know. It was one of those situations where I pretty much was promised you're going to come in and be a first or second line center and it's your job to lose. And then on the flip side, like BU already had six, I think all six forwards that year were draft picks. So I would have been the seventh forward. It just was going to be way different vibe from the two schools, one was like, it's here, this year's spot to lose. And the other was like, you know, might take you two or three years to uh, work your way up the lineup. So it was just a better opportunity um, to play big minutes right away. So um, kind of made it a no brainer for me. Well, hey, opportunities, everything at times. You also, I mean, once you make the jump to the NHL, you played San Jose, Minnesota, Buffalo, Montreal, and L.A. And one of the big things I want to talk to you about, because it sticks out to me, is that 2011 playoff run. I mean, I think you scored a couple of uh, goals there with San Jose. Obviously a tough one. You lose out to Vancouver. But it was a close Western Conference final. But just walk me through what that run was like for you, because that must have been pretty cool. Yeah, well, we we actually had I think it was back to back years we lost in the conference finals, so just never got over the hump. But um, boy, we had some just unbelievable teams. I mean, we I just I'm looking back at those years. Some of those regular season games, it was like automatic win. It was just we'd rip off. It was crazy just watching. I mean, it was Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe in their like 
prime, prime, prime. Um, those guys, it was like, it was pretty impressive watching them go and having to not, not fun chasing them around in practice, but, um, you know, to see them in their prime, I mean, I think Jumbo had like, I mean, he, he ripped off hundred point seasons, like nothing pretty much, but he was, it was just like so special to watch. And we just, um, yeah, we had two really good runs in the one year. I think we ran, yeah, the one year we ran into kind of the first year that the Blackhawks had really like come into their own with Cannon Caves and Seabrook and Keith and Corey Crawford were kind of just still super young, but like really just took that next step and became obviously pretty good franchise after that. But, and then the second year we lost to Vancouver. Um, they ended up losing to Boston in the finals, but they were, yeah, we were, we were top two or three team in the national league two years in a row. So pretty, pretty good sucks that we didn't end up winning, especially for guys like Joe Thorne and Patrick Marlowe, but it would have been great, but we had, we had good enough teams to win, but just didn't get it done. Now I'm a Sasky guy. I grew up pretty close to Aneroid, so uh, families know each other with the Marlows there. You got to give me a good Patty story. A good Patty story? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, no, that's... I mean, he's oh, he's awesome. He, you know what? He went on. He went on spitting chicklets. They asked him who is who the funniest, one of the funniest teammates he's ever played with, and he said me. And I was like, what? Okay. Humble break. Um, we just, I know, humble brag, but he, he was like, I don't know. I had some stupid pregame routine that I'd like run around in my spandex and like just always, always messing with him in like a really good way. And he just loved it. It was like kind of became part of our routine. I played with him for five years and it was just, I don't know. I'd run up to his uh, stall, give him a little throat chop and then sprint away. Cause he was, just a big teddy bear and he'd try to get me and then he'd stop and then he was like yeah, I, can't, I can't handle this mitchell guy and then i'd i'd come back in like five minutes later give him another throat chop and he'd be like chasing after me around around the rink around the locker room like right before the game not a big deal and uh oh that's probably a good memory i have if if you ever get him on the show he'll he'll tell you how ridiculous my act was pre-game Oh, at one time we will. Uh, you used to always come and skate in Swift over summers too. So it'd be like him, Travis Moen, Zach Smith was a lot yeah, younger yeah. then, but a uh, great crew around there. So no, Patty's. Just, Pat, oh, I mean, tra- awesome Travis Moen, those guys, those, those guys are just like salt of the earth guys. Wait, would you have played with Moen so... in Montreal? I played with him in San Jose. Oh, no way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Another he, great he guy. There, I think awesome. Just from the. Yeah, such a good guy. Actually, we were on a line together, which, you know, I mean, he's a pretty tough guy, so it's, he's nice pretty to have tough. on your line. So. Yeah, pretty pretty tough yeah. as well. Hey, I, I got to ask. I mean, I'd be reminiscent if I didn't about playing with JR. I mean, is, is there one funny story, and, and not one that you've told before? Give me something new about JR, something that sticks out where you're like, this guy's a character. Uh, yeah, let me think here. So, Oh, he, this, I like telling this story. He, uh, he gets done. I think the first period or second period comes in the locker room and he's yelling at our equipment guy that his, uh, he's, he's too pitchy back forward. I kid you not. He goes, Mikey, I'm too pitchy back forward. 
way too pitchy back forward. And our equipment guy's like, okay, not sure what that means. Grabs his skates. I think he does like a quick run. I don't even know if he actually sharpened them. Maybe just put the stone over them and then brought them back to him. And he, he came back after his first shift in the second period and gave him, gave him a thumbs up. And I don't think Mikey, <laughs> I don't think Mikey had even touched his skates, but he fixed the pitchy back forward. Um, we had another time on the plane. So we would have been taking off and he got in one of, he was up all the players on the sharks plane were yeah, back of the plane and all the coaches were up like the first five or six rows. And he went in a box that slid all the way down to the back of the plane, right perfectly down the aisle and popped out with, uh, limited clothing on, but, um, just such a character to be around. Uh, just made it, made it really fun to be, uh, especially at, at that stage of his career where he was like, turning more like, okay, this could be my last couple of years. Like I want to be a good mentor to the younger guys. So, I mean, he was uh, aside from all the fun pranks and stuff that he would play on us. He, you know, he had his wife had us over for dinner every freaking weekend. We lived down the street from him. It was just a great, uh, looking back, it was just, he was just such, such a great uh, mentor to have. Um, just cause he, he loved it. He loved having fun. He loved working hard. He called you out if you were playing like crap. So he was pretty old school that way. It was just a good, uh, good two years with him for sure. I'm still pissed off that like TNT and ESPN aren't throwing the bag at him to get him on. I, I, I think that is the one guy when I think of players who could grow the game in the States, I feel like he would be absolutely perfect for it. And yeah, well, he's Hall, he's Hollywood, you know, he's, he's like in a lot of ways, he's probably, I'm thinking of like football guys. He's probably like Deion, he's Deion Sanders. Like, you know, he's just like, I don't know. He, he's, he's great on TV. He's people love him. Cause he like speaks exactly the, like, I mean, anything that pops in his head, it's coming out. Um, you know, he just wears his heart on his sleeve that way, like his personality. And he would just, he, I mean, kill it, but yeah, you're right but he's Hollywood showtime. His stick said Hollywood. He didn't not, it wasn't like, wasn't Ronick. It was Hollywood. That's funny. That's, that's styles. Uh, sorry. Styles. That was his styles. Name. Styles. Oh, that's uh, I think he's one of the ultimate no bucket warm up guys too. When you think about oh, you know, yeah. guys ripping around with perfect oh, yeah. flow. Hello, JR. Perfect flow bar down. He's got that gum, big wad of gum. He's uh great crossovers and warmups. Oh yeah. He's uh, he had that dialed in big time. Okay. okay. I got, has, I, I got a couple big, more uh, uh, NHL ones for you yeah. too. Cause I mean, you play with a couple of pretty damn good goaltenders. I mean, it, yeah. if you're going game seven, you know, let's go Stanley cup playoffs. Are you taking the Bokov or Carey price? Oh, Carey. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He's that's, that that's, much better. Uh, eh? I always uh, thought the Bokov was clutch, man. He's, no, I mean, he's just, he's just a different, uh, he's a different animal. He, he, I mean, he could, and I played with, who else did I play with? John Quick. So I played with Quick. Yeah, Nabokov, Niemi. Uh, yeah, some pretty good goalies, but they, 
I don't know. Price can be like if he's average for a month, the next month he's like goalie of the league for the month. You know. So you weren't surprised to see him just shut the door last year. No, I mean, some he when he gets like that, it's you just got to keep putting him in between the pipes and just ride him because he can literally let in one goal in five games when he's dialed in like that. That's how that's how good he is. The other the other goalies are all great goalies. you know, all-stars and stuff, but some of the, some of the runs that he goes on throughout the regular season where he just, he gets so dialed in. It's like, there's, it's like nothing. There's no other goalies like it. That's um, fair. That's so. fair. Okay. And I want to get to your Spangler cup experience, but actually just looking at some of your stats here after, after 18, 19 LA or whatever, you had six tucks still. Like, were you surprised not to get another NHL offer? Did you get an NHL offer and just said, Hey, I want one last year. I'm going to go to Switzerland or what happened? Yeah, no, I didn't get any offers. I think I had a two-way, but um, I would have would have. Uh, they made it pretty clear that I would have ended up in the minors. So that's when I um, started looking at uh, Europe. Um, no, I wasn't surprised. I mean, I it was eleven years. It kind of ran its course. So you don't when, when you don't get a call. Like like looking back on it now, when you don't get a call during free agency, uh, you kind of go through all these different phases uh in your in your mind about well and you always you end up at oh it was a pretty good run you know so it, it's it was you know it's disappointing when you don't get a call um especially when you you want to keep playing um but the reality is that's what happens to 99 percent of the players like you, you don't get to go out on your own terms uh, there's a couple guys that get to do that but for the most part you don't get a phone call anymore and I mean, you're not Patty Marlowe, obviously, but you still had six tucks. I, I think that might have been worth uh, a, a little more than a two-way. But again, that's why I'm not uh, running the team. Now, you, you went over to Switzerland, too. Like, how sick was that? Obviously, it's unreal. It was, I mean, it was, oh, sorry, go. It was unreal. It was unreal. I, I, got a, I suffered a terrible concussion, maybe like for, would have been first or second week of January. But Jeez. it was, uh, I mean such a beautiful country i had my three uh my wife and three kids over there we were going like up into you know, i get done with practice and you you go up and you're in the swiss alps or french alps and you're having a you know little coffee overlooking the mountains not it's not a big not a big deal it's just part of what you do when you're when you're playing in switzerland like as an import so it was pretty it was pretty sweet that way um but I went through the ringer with my stupid head. It was like, oh, it was a really bad, it was a really bad concussion. Like I ended up staying in the hospital for a couple of days and then going through all the, like the horror stories that you hear about like throwing up and freaking living in a dark room for three or four weeks. And then like going on a walk and like having trouble, like when you, when you get done walking around for 20 minutes outside, like I'd be like, Oh, I got to sit down. Like it was, pretty now it was pretty nasty um but a lot a lot better now but it was like crazy i I, I forget uh, who did the article on it too i i I did just read it the other day as well when i saw bryce had booked you as a guest here and and i will get to that kind of in a joint with your new venture but also this the 2019 spangler cup i mean we got a sponsor who's doing a trip to the spangler cup so uh shout out sports travel tours but can you just talk about how unreal that tournament is (laughs) like it's something else it's a once in a lifetime experience it's incredible. Um, they treat you like Olympians. Hockey Canada does. 
um, you know, taking care of your family, taking care of everything. It's just, you, it was my first experience with anything with like a national team and it was, they just treat you like gold. And it's just so amazing. If, and for Canada, like if you, I think it, if you win, if you keep winning, you always have a day off the next day. So we went like three or four and oh, or going into the finals. So we had like, it was just an amazing schedule. There's like blue skies. You're up in the mat. You're up in the, uh, freaking Swiss Alps and you play a game and then you have nothing the next day and then play a game. We won. We kept winning. We ended up losing in a, uh, which was a bummer. Uh, we lost in the, uh, finals in a shootout against some Finnish team that we outshot like 60 to 10. Um, but I got a silver medal. Still fine. It's all right. I think that <laughs> Dennis Godlo was in net for that Finnish team too. Young Slovak 10. He was nasty. What's Oh really? Yeah, they they actually yeah they had a couple of young players that were pretty, uh, like you were like wow these these guys can play in the NHL, um, but yeah well we had I don't know we had just a fun group of guys too, um, a couple of guys there's like Kevin Bieksa and Dominic Moore like they came over they were sort of trying to make maybe one last kick of the can and maybe trying to get an NHL deal so they uh, hockey can let them come over and maybe use the tournament to, to get in shape to maybe get a tryout or something um, back in the NHL. But I don't think anything came of it for them. But uh, Wasn't BX a blowing guys, guys up in that tournament? Is that the one I'm thinking about? Oh, I mean, just no one went near him. <laughs> I remember, seeing, know, remember so. seeing a few. Just, yeah, just crushing guys. Um, but, um, yeah, great. Such a fun tournament. Okay, now with your new venture, and, and, and you know, we we talked about how how your career didn't exactly end as you want. At least you didn't have to go to Russia, but uh, no, it's you know de- dealing with some of those head injuries post hockey and stuff like that. Obviously, I, ho- I hope you're in a good spot right now. I hope you're feeling good and healthy and all of that. But with the elevate and stuff, I, I know you guys focus on a lot of skills, and obviously a lot of the stuff that people see is the social media yeah. side where you guys are just ripping through schools, stick handling and rollerblades and shit like that, which is hilarious. <laughs> but no, talk talk to me about this venture. How did you get into it? How did it start? Yeah. Who's helped you out? And what are you guys yeah. doing? Yeah, well, it started, um, you know, I started start thinking about life after hockey uh, while I was in Switzerland, really. Um, kind of writing was on the wall that the end was uh, very near. And um, my partner, Peter Lennis, um, I think, well, he actually had a year left on his deal in Austria, but we had always talked about doing something together. Um, and then, you know, the hockey training, if we could have our own ice, that would we think explode we thought that would be a great small business and um you know we get a lot of get to teach some kids and get a lot of young hockey players on the ice and kind of you know stay in the game and make our own hours and so it started from that um and then it's morphed into (laughs) a lot bigger than that it's Uh, huge don't need to sugarcoat it holy shit you guys got like a bauer hockey rink you're massive on social media you got gomer involved (laughs) now oh pump your tires man it's awesome yeah it's it's thank you it's it's been uh like a lot of i don't know we just love coming here and we got kind of vermont's our headquarters and we have our first uh satellite licensee agreement uh at elevator to boston opened up not not going to call them a franchise yet but um 
and they're doing well. And it's just all pretty much from our, uh, you know, just our little idea of training kids doing skill development. Um, and then shifting a lot of our energy to social media to see if, you know, there would be any interest to grow it outside of our little state in Vermont. And the feedback has been insane. It's like we got so many people um, from ex NHL players to ex European pros to current college players to hockey dads. So uh, like interested in finding out more about potentially doing one of these um, in their city or in, in their town. And we've had, uh, upwards of 15 to 20 NDA non-disclosures sent out, uh, to some of these spots. And, um, a couple of them are looking like they're going to stick. Uh, so we have Elevator to Raleigh, uh, in the works. We have Elevator to Tampa Bay in the works, Elevator to Vegas, um, Elevator to New Jersey, which are all like pretty, pretty close. Um, so pretty exciting for us. And the biggest part was just shifting a lot of our attention to social media to, I don't know, just to, just to show like, it's, it's fun. Like we're not reinventing the game here with hockey training, but uh, we can make it fun. And if we hire the right people at all the locations, I think um, the energy and like flair and, and all that that you see on our social media pages, uh, that's, that's what we bring on the ice too. So I think parents and kids are, are just like, they feel that excitement when you have the right person or the right energy when you're doing a lesson and it's just kind of organically grown, uh, that way. So yeah, it's been, it's been really fun. Well, essentially, so. you're evolving with the game, right? That's the biggest thing is that how do you keep new kids involved? Obviously, they're not wanting to learn about fighting. You know, half the time, checking classes aren't even around anyways. It's about skill. It's about having fun. It's about developing. And now you incorporate them in social media. You're hitting the nail right on the head there. So that's awesome to see that you guys yeah, are they- growing and stuff. Hey, uh, are you guys putting out camps? Is it all like uh, like private lessons? Or how can people, you know, if they are in Vermont, if they are near Boston or, you know, one of the new centers that will be opening up, you know, how do they how do they get in touch? How do they uh, get involved? Yeah, they, honestly, so Elevator to Boston has their own Instagram page as well. And they, you, you could get in touch with us on, on social media. It goes to Peter or myself directly. And... Same thing, uh, you can go to our website and get in touch with us. Just email us, info at elevator2.com. And same with the Boston guys. Um, you know, they, they have their Instagram page with their info. And, uh, yeah, it's – it's so the Boston location actually is almost 50 by 80 feet. So their uh, training model is a little bit different than ours because um, they can fit four or five college kids on the ice. So it, uh, our, ours is a little bit smaller. We're kind of, we were kind of a guinea pigs for, for, uh, starting the business obviously, but, um, we mostly do our sweet spots to two players on the ice. Um, and, uh, we are going to be doing a camp this summer. I'm not supposed to be announcing that yet, but that's the, that's yeah, the we, plan. We won't tell to, anyone uh, who's watching that. <laughs> well, we're we're actually announcing it tomorrow night on okay. Instagram. So we've we've been saying like October one, we get a big announcement. Everyone keeps asking us there. I just spilled the beans, but that's okay. 
um, yeah, we're going to do a big camp and try to bring in some NHL players and some guest appearances and some, we got some good, some fun stuff lined up, but uh, it's actually going to be at Norwich university in, in Northfield, Vermont, which is a great, uh, campus. Nice barn. For, uh, for nice barn. Yeah. Really nice barn. It's pretty much a division one rank and it's, uh, no, it looks, uh, it looks promising. We'll see. We'll see what the signups are on, on starting tomorrow night. So. There's no way you guys don't sell out in a day with your social media presence. No <laughs> yeah, chance. It, it's no, but honestly, it's we we don't know what what we we're expecting the phone to ring a lot and to see a, a lot of signups, but just the power of social media, man. It's like the kids love it. The kids love it. It's uh, it's so crazy. And when we started, we we said, you know, let's let's get our Instagram page going, and then it like. Wow, we just it, it compl- our business like model like completely shifted to whew, let's put more into this and and from that like we got you know we were social influencers with with Bauer which is a huge deal for us we have like exclusivity with Bauer for any small rinks they won't sponsor any other small rinks but ours um, we're actually going to call it the Bauer Elevator Two Bauer Camp um, and then for the for the summer and then. I mean, we got we got deals with Hockey Shot, BioSteel, uh, uh, Green Biscuit. Uh, I hope I don't forget anyone. Pure Hockey. It's it, all from social media. All of it. It's uh, actually Peter's going down to like this this bow. It's called like the Bauer Experience or something. Uh, in two weeks, uh, my partner he's going to speak at it uh, about just just the power of social media, like what it's done for our little business that we started out with a little idea in, in small Vermont and, um, and it's all from social media. It's all like kids being like, wow, that looks so exciting to get on the ice there, like, and do some of these drills that, you know, we're not, re- like I said, we're not reinventing the wheel, but it's, it's working. So we're going to ride the wave. No shit. It's working a little bit there. Hey man, I appreciate you taking the time. I know we kept you for a lot longer, but Hey, it was awesome getting you to tell no, some stories it. and talking hey. about what you're doing. So man, I appreciate that. Maybe yeah. we'll uh, catch up down the road. If you got to pump up your uh, camp anymore, we will uh, stay in touch. That sounds good. I, I appreciate you having me anytime. All right. All right, man. Uh, you'll have to, you'll have to, uh, we'll have to tag you. I don't know what you guys have for Instagram, but we'll have to uh, do something whenever this, I know you said it's live, but, Oh yeah, I'll, sh- I'll shoot you. I'll shoot you a text. Okay, sounds good, man. All Appreciate right, Tori, it. take care. Right there, Tori Mitchell, join us on World Hockey Report. Social media is popping off. That's where we are too. And you know what? I got a few more things to get to. We got seven minutes left in the show. Quick commercial break. We're coming back. There's more. It's Cody Jans at World Hockey Report, presented by Lord Co Auto Parts. Sport Travel Tours is the official tour supplier for the Spangler Cup Ice Hockey Tournament in Switzerland. Nestled amongst the stunning Swiss Alps is the exclusive resort of Davos. This December, teams from all around the world will compete in the world's oldest invitational hockey tournament, the Spangler Cup. Sport Travel Tours packages include incredible hotels, amazing tickets, and a New Year's Eve party in the mountains to remember. Check out sporttraveltours.com today. All righty, let's get it wrapping up here. Cody Jansen, World Hockey Report, presented by Lord Co. Auto Parts. 
Yes, that is. We'll find a store near you at lordco.com. The absolute best. Lord Co. Auto Parts. Hey, we're coming to you live from the Pro Rock Broadcast Studios in beautiful Alberta. Follow me on Twitter at Janet31 underscore and the show on World Hockey RPT. Jeff chimes in, says, Tori Mitchell sounds like a cool dude. Tori Mitchell is the absolute best and their new venture is awesome. Go check it out. Elevate. That's E-L-E-V-8 pretty much anywhere. Anywhere on social media. They're taking over. They are the absolute best best hey we got a people uh, chiming in glenn kaplan says where do i think the pens are gonna finish in the metropolitan division well i don't think they're a playoff team i don't think they're top three could they compete for a wild card spot sure i do think they're better than the devils i do think they're better than the blue jackets other than that i mean I, i'd be fairly confident in saying they're gonna be the third worst team in the metro i'm sorry you know fifth spot for them that would be good sixth spot i don't see them finishing any higher than that we got three minutes i did want to get to this uh comment from warren fogel on his first game though so we'll fire this off this is after their uh lost 5-1 last night in winnipeg you know it was uh it was good to get the first one done i think um you know you think for like two months how how the first game's gonna go new system new group of guys and you know um you know i thought we got better as the periods uh came on but uh you know just one game and you know you just hope to build off it and you know try to get better and get more comfortable out there what do you think so that's an interesting take from Warren Fogle who obviously the offseason's a little bit different for him he gets traded from Carolina to Edmonton you know you're coming to a place where there's hopefully more opportunity but there's also a lot of high stakes when you get traded for a player like Ethan Bear who was loved in Edmonton you come in now he sits out the first couple he says I've been itching to get back Hey, that's good to uh, see him. He picked up an assist. Brad Malone had the lone goal for the Oilers. Uh, Cassian got an assist on that one as well. Jansen Harkins, great night for him. Three points, two goals. Evgeny Svechnikov, yeah, the uh, the new one in Winnipeg, not the one in Carolina. Two goal or two assists, one one goal for him. Colin Volov stopped sixteen and nineteen last night for the Oilers. Skinner stopped seven of nine. I don't really think either of them are going to push for a backup spot. Hate to say it. I don't see that happening. Again, I did want to mention, though, today is uh, National Day for Truth and Reconciliation in Canada. Wear your orange shirts, orange sweaters. It's important. It's important to listen, to learn, to educate yourself on everything that, you know, the the country, the nation has been through. And and just so we can do a little bit better. That's uh, it's definitely a much needed step. And I hope we all take that. And again, I I just got to express, you know, our support for Jalen Schmerick. We're all here with him. We all stand with him. We all hope the double IHF does the right thing. Not that I'm going to guarantee they will, but we can hope for the best. Everyone knows, you know, the, the saying we got to be kind. we got to be better. Huge thanks to everyone who joined the show today. Uh, Bryce Bunsley, producer. Eric Kroos is our social media manager. Adam Trout always helping out. Tori Mitchell, former NHLer. Download the podcast, the Hockey Podcast Network. You can watch live replays on 12 Ounce Sports. As always, I'm Cody Jansen. Follow me on Twitter at Janner31. We will talk to you next week. Next Tuesday, everyone. Be kind. Be better. Be better.